New Year. High Pod is back. New Year, what? new us? New Year, what? new us. <laughs> new Year, same us. Let's go. Let's go. Let's but 2024, real. I'm excited. For everybody that's out there, if this is your first time listening to the High Pod, um, we're the intersection between tech, innovation, faith, um, and we have a big year ahead of us big. for that. For the Hive Network. So yeah. I'm really excited about what the Hive Pod is going to do. It's going to be fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited, guys. I'm wearing a vest. Oh, uh, you I've are in, Silicon I've, Valley. I've definitely embraced the Silicon... Except this isn't free. I, I paid for this. Um, <laughs> it's a Tahoe vest. It's a Tahoe you know, like, vest. You're a VC. It's lined. You're basically a VC. <laughs> yeah. This <laughs> right is, now. This is, uh, I've actually had a vest before, but this one's lined, and so I'm... I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, aren't you guys colder on the fast right now? I know you guys are both doing the fast right now. Like my body's just like colder. Oh, you're doing the fast as well. Yeah, what kind yeah, of fast yeah. are you wow. doing? Uh, liquid. So just three liquids. days of water, and then I'm gonna add like apple juice, coconut water the next four days, and then go. bone broth. Come on, ten baby. days. Oh wow! So yeah. you're like you've mapped it out. I've mapped it out because like the first time I did it two years ago, did yep. the 14 days. Yep. It was way too hard, and it was just like water. That's and the was same like, with me. Yeah, and so I've, I kind of mapped it out a little bit better, so I can recover a little bit faster yeah, and start yeah, my yeah. diet back into it. So 10 yep. days, I got it mapped out. Yeah. Yep, you're doing the full, just water fast as well. No, no, no. I'm doing two juices. You're doing yeah. two juices. Be- veggie a day. juices. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Get yeah. some vitamins. Um, just on the other side of a cold, so. I just, I was like, you know, I've done the water fast before. Mm-hmm. I, I can't believe Pastor Adam's running and doing the water right, fast. Right. That's pretty crazy. Uh, so it's mad, not, it's mad not impressive running. <laughs> That's for mad, sure. Mad respect. Uh, yeah. Now I'm doing the full fast only because um, it's too complicated to think about. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like, when can I look forward to That's my fair. juice or when can mm-hmm. I look That's forward fair. to my bone broth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, it's just easier just Cold to go. Turkey. Yep. Nothing. Let's just focus. Just disconnect. And there is, so day one and two, let me just quickly map this out for mm-hmm. anybody who's interested mm-hmm. in fasting. Uh, I, I highly recommend it when I'm not actually fasting. Um, that's a good practice, but now that I am fasting, I'll, I'll let you know that there is a, a plan. So day one and two, you experience hunger pains mm-hmm. and low energy and shaking. Oh, you're, you're mapping it out. You're noting it yeah. right now. Wow. Yeah. Oh no, this isn't from me. Oh, okay. No, this is like a, a this is like a, this study. is what you can experience if you're doing a 10 day fast, right? Generally that's stage one is day one and two. Mm-hmm. So you're in day three or day Just two? Just day three. Day three, yeah. You're on day three, too. Yeah. Oh, so you start on the first as on well? On the first, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, day, so you're in stage two, Arun, mm-hmm. which is days three to seven. Your body kicks into ketosis, mm. major weight loss mode Eight. with high energy and no, uh, or no to low hunger pains. Mm-hmm. Stage three comes in at day eight. Hey, here's where the mood shifts up for a fasting high and energy in your body increases and mental state is clear hey. and added benefit of fasting. Oh, wow. Wow. That's what you got got ahead of you. That's that bro- bone broth. <laughs> That's really? that bone broth so stage, like yeah. a 10-day fast is actually a thing. Yeah. Like um, to reset people's bodies and stuff like even physically people do this. Yeah, I mean. It's I not just spiritual. A lot of people actually practice fasting as a, totally. as a physical reset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think when, you know, the way Jesus maps out the fast is he, he really talks about having a, a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. Yeah. And do it in such a way that it literally isn't like this big complaint that you, you right. know, mm-hmm. put out there. Like mm-hmm. the Pharisees would make everyone know that they're fasting. They'd kind of limp around and yeah. all that kind of stuff. The idea was, he says, you know, wash your hair, you know, brush your teeth, you know, make sure that you don't appear to be fasting. Mm-hmm. But while you're doing it, uh, really reset your body spiritually, physically. That's why we started the year with Run Club. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. We got uh, fasting, fitness, fun. And uh, yeah, I think it's a... Uh, I think it's just a good practice. Talking about community where we left off at the end of last year or really deeper connection. Mm-hmm. I'm loving this run club. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I feel like people are getting involved. Talk yeah. about this. Cause yeah. this is a bridge between community, faith, technology. It's a beautiful intersection of all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the technology piece is a major component. Yeah. You know, when we wanted to do it running into Amen conference, Strava, which was is pretty much the premier running fitness the main one. Yep. app, you know, mm-hmm. for, for there's a n- number of Nike, all that kind of stuff. But Strava really collaborates a lot of things and they have groups. But the max was 20 group, mm. 20 people in a group. I'd reached out to uh, their team because uh, they're in, they're just uh, local. And uh, I'd reached out, but they kind of were like, oh, look, we're not really, it's not our core product. It's not what we're interested in. 20 people groups serve us at the moment. And it was kind of like, oh. Mm. Okay, it was dead in the water. Yeah. Then they reached out to me. And they actually said, "Hey, we want you to beta test. We've been thinking about your idea. We want you to beta a 200-person group." I thought, cool. "Oh, this is it. Mm-hmm. What a way to start the year with a challenge." And man, it has been so fun. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's into it. Yeah. The the conversations, the I don't know, would you call it competitiveness? 
people sure. really ignited. It's 100%. fun. Competitiveness, accountability, yep. uh, community. You know, I was reflecting on this. Uh, there's so much energy on December 31st, January mm. 1st, right? Right. Uh, as people are setting goals. Right. Uh, I think because pretty much the whole world's on the same page that everybody wants to improve in some way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then um, obviously it's just diminishing returns from there across the year because mm-hmm. people start falling off mm-hmm. from that. But when you have uh, kind of an alignment and an agreement, yeah. um, unsaid or said across yep. the whole world, like, hey guys, this is a turning of a new year, yeah. a turning of a new leaf. We're all in agreement and we all want to improve in some way. It gives you this energy. Right. And um, and being able to do that uh, around a specific task like running mm-hmm. has been really fun to see. And I've been thinking like, okay, how do we how do we make sure that this energy lasts till March? Mm-hmm. How do we make sure this energy lasts till June? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. do you think that's even possible? Yeah, I think for me, I, that's why I need monthly running challenges. Mm. That's... That's why I set this emotion because I know for me, if I have a goal, if I have accountability, if I have a group of people doing it together, it's the difference between me getting up in the morning and going, nah, I'm good because mm-hmm. no one will know. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't run. Or, oh, no, I've got a whole group dependent on me. Good. If I don't pull my weight, everyone's going to see it. Good. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think that, that that challenge is what keeps us going. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. No. I, I'm a goal-oriented person as well. I'm an Enneagram mm-hmm. 3, and yeah. I've realized that about myself. And I get triggered a little bit. I don't know if this is wrong or right. Uh, maybe I'll get some counsel from you guys. <laughs> is there's a whole another movement of like, hey, it's not about goal setting; it's about being. I don't mm, understand that. Okay, can we talk about that? Yeah, because because yeah. I'm like, am I just an enneagram three? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I I I shudder to think mm-hmm. that we're not going to make goals <laughs> <laughs> this year. Like, what what is this? You know, you I think you see it every year, but this year I've seen it a number of times as oh, well. A ton. With hey, don't set goals for the year. Uh, set a state of mind. Or yes, yes, crap yeah. like that. <laughs> And I'm like, well, what does that even mean? Yeah. It's like, it's pretty much your way to, to avoid disappointment, I guess is what mm, they're saying, you know? Interesting. But I think, you know, the, the, the idea of goal setting is I'm going to set a vision for the best version of me I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I agree. Don't set goals without a plan to mm-hmm. achieve the goals. Right. You know, don't just say, hey, I'm going to, you know, lose 100 pounds this, <laughs> this sure, year right. and then have no plan to sure. go to the gym. Um, but I, I think it falls into that. Remember that movement where it was like um, Sabbath? Yeah, yeah. Practice the just Sabbath. Just like just the B movement. It's mm-hmm. the B. Just B. It's don't do <laughs> B. <laughs> be still and know that I am God. They use that, right? And it's kind of like, really? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's works to our faith. I think there's, <laughs> yeah. I think there's some, uh, that's for prayer. But um, no, we're, we are big goal setters. Mm-hmm. I, I love know. goals. I mean, this is. I'm on, driven by goals. This is all about innovation, faith, mm-hmm. entrepreneurialism. How do you be an innovator without goals? Right. Mm. Like, what, what's your motivator? Right. And I actually wanted to talk to you guys about that on this pod, like what your process is for a new year. And I think uh, um, a lot of it kicked up. I saw your tweet about asking that question about like, there's like this motivation that just comes. And I didn't think about it as like a social thing, just knowing that everybody else is doing it. And I was listening to this podcast with Andrew Huberman and David Goggins. Okay. Um, and so Andrew Huberman was talking about, he's like a huge um, uh, neurobiologist. And he was talking about this part of the brain that they just discovered called the anterior mid-cingulate cortex. Okay. That wow. is, yeah, and a long baby. name, right? That's why you're here. <laughs> yeah. called Rune. And, it, and it's about this part of the brain that grows when you do things that suck. Like mm. when you do things that you don't want to do, powerful. it grows. Yeah. Powerful. And so I just want to talk, like, can you guys talk about more about like, do you guys look for when you're setting goals? It's not just stuff you're good at. It's stuff that you aren't good at to help kind of grow that willpower and stuff. Yeah. What a great question. So I, good. you know, as Vance is an Enneagram three, I'm an Enneagram eight, mm. which is the challenger. Oh, uh, so I like to challenge everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like to be challenged. I really do. I love something that's difficult. I like, we, we just had a hot debate out in the staff room before because, um, you know, all the girls are talking about how they love Disneyland. I, I don't, I know this is not going to be popular, but I do not like Disneyland. I also do not like uh, amusement park rides, okay, because I know that a lot of people get adrenaline off the ride. Mm-hmm. And sure, like, you know, going fast is fun, but you're locked in. It's, mm. it's preset. You think it's too safe? 
It's way too safe. Oh, wow. okay. Where's the adrenaline in something that is going to get you to the end? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas if you're on the motorcycle or you're in a plane, you know, you're literally, your life is in your hands. Mm-hmm. So you have to measure the speed. You have to measure. So, so that for me is like a challenge mm-hmm. of mental capacity, not just getting locked into a chair and see you at the end. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh, so I like a challenge and I love something that's hard. Mm-hmm. That's why we started the year with, 10 days of fasting and many people said, hey, why don't you start the run challenge? Because I could decide when we start the run challenge. Right, right. I didn't have to start at the beginning of the mm-hmm. year, but I'm like, we could do it at the end of the fast or we just do it together. Mm-hmm. Let's do something difficult. Mm. You know, um, it's interesting because I thought about this uh, and I would agree there's people like you, Pastor, that probably loves to do hard things. Mm-hmm. I think I've realized, I don't know if I love to do hard things, but I'm willing to endure them mm-hmm. at great levels for the outcome. Yeah. Mm. And for the reward mm-hmm. on the other side of it. So if it's clear to me what my goal, objective, or reward is, mm-hmm. I'm pretty good at enduring really hard things. Like right. I can, I can um, have stamina for like a half Ironman or whatever, a race, whatever. If I know what's on the other side, mm-hmm. um, right. which a lot of times it's just like the feeling of accomplishment, mm-hmm. okay. right? Okay. Um, and and that's what I found that that drives me mm-hmm. is like as long as I set a clear goal and I know on the other side of it, I'm going to be proud of myself. I don't know if I love the process so much mm-hmm. um, as much as like I'm willing to endure it. See, yeah. I think I, I would rather do the process without anybody knowing about it. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people will dr- run a marathon for the acknowledgement of the ribbon mm-hmm. or the, the medal or whatever, right. or the shirt I ran, you know, SF marathon. I'd rather do it and nobody know about it because mm. it's the hardship of doing it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I enjoy. Yeah. I think I see that be a fruit of just your life, right? I think a lot of people don't realize that, hey, what it takes to prepare a sermon and deliver it most Sundays of the year, what it takes to lead a staff, what it takes to build an organization, that's actually built in all the secret hard things. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's done, right? Like, you know, everything's connected. It is all connected. And I think what you actually produce when you do things without acknowledgement, I think you build a base layer of confidence mm-hmm. in your Great. life. Mm-hmm. Great. You actually build a an invisible a platform of confidence in your life because you haven't got acknowledgement for everything. Mm. I think if you get acknowledgement for everything that you do, you actually, what you see is all that you have. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you know that there's a lot of hardships I've overcome and things I've done and nobody knows about it, I've got a secret base level of confidence depth, yeah. that yeah creates a depth mm-hmm. to, to your life. And I think that that comes from embracing challenges. Yeah. And do you feel like that, that kind of keys into if you do rely on like the outside forces, then your kind of motivation comes from them versus it coming like from an inward place. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 100%. I think that's what ta- what it takes to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. It has to come from yourself. Mm-hmm. No one can employ you to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. You, you've got to, you've got to start something. So good. You've mm-hmm. got to look for opportunities, yeah. you know? Um, and I think that as you were talking about that part of your brain, mm-hmm. I know what you call it again. Anterior mid-cingulate cortex. <laughs> wow. Man. Dude. You're not even reading that. <laughs> you're just literally flowing. Um, you know, I think that does grow in the form of, I think once you accomplish something, you're looking for the next thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Do you guys, do you guys do that when you guys are like going into like a new project or a new thing? You guys were saying, this is what I'm set for myself and I'm not. Because you said, because that's actually one of the problems I had was I like to do a lot of the work in secret and right. I like to do it. And I, and it, after some self-reflection, it came from like, it was out of a fear of failure. I could fail silently right. and I wouldn't have to reveal totally. it. And I, it's interesting that you say that is actually one of the things you do intentionally is yes. to do that in, in secret. So, yeah. I, don't I know. think you do both. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I think there's a big part of it that is safeguarding, you know, the fact that I don't know if this is going to work. Right, right, So let's right. not, you know, have the victory lap before we even begin. Mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so let's just try some stuff. And I think that that's actually a big note for a lot of entrepreneurs, business. Mm. Just start stuff in secret to start, mm-hmm. you know, like just you don't need to make the brand and do the advertisement mm-hmm. when you don't actually have any product at all. So yeah. good. Um, yeah, yeah. Why so don't you get good. a product started mm-hmm. in secret, incubate that for a while yeah. and then go for funding. You know what I mean? Like I think so good. too many people going for funding off an idea, Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. which, you know, if the idea is really good, you can get funding off that. But I think why don't you build something first, get some yeah. traction. We, we've seen those uh, church planners, right? They got the fanciest website. Yes. They got the fanciest Instagram. Oh, they got merch. You know, they got merch. Yeah. I'm like, and, who's buying that merch? And they have five people. <laughs> and it's like, no, no, no. Like, you kind of want to be underground. Yes. It's actually better. Yes. yes. It's actually better. And you know that whole uh, thing about stealth, 
right? Mm. Like, you don't even need to say you're stealth. People are like, it's like coveted now. Right. Right? That you're going to have stealth on your LinkedIn. It's like, why, why did you right. even say anything? Right. <laughs> Just build it and then... And what then, is stealth? Is it like stealth wealth? Is what is No, I it's like stealth yeah. mode. It's like... Uh, oh, like secret. I'm building something. Yeah, yeah, I'm building something. But I can't me. say anything. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? It. But I'm like, hey, you've been in stealth stop for five it. years. Just know hey, I'm doing something, yeah, but unless don't... Unless it's a SpaceX, I don't think this is anything. Guys, stop it right now. If you have stealth, stop it, all right? Just take it <laughs> a lot of people have yeah. no come I see on it a be, co- be cooler than that be cooler like be actually be actually be stealth yeah you know don't just say you're stealth because isn't it cool when you meet somebody and it feels like there's just so many layers oh um, like you're just like you yeah. keep finding out more stuff yes. about them they're not saying anything right yeah. and you're just like wow this person's like the most phenomenal person yeah that I yeah. never knew yep yep <laughs> as opposed to the person who's telling you everything they do right well it's underwhelming when yeah. you, you actually already knew everything exactly mm. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that situation where I've looked up to people from afar, mm-hmm. yep. right? And I uh, get to be up in close and, and personal. And maybe that's a, I, I put them too high on a pedestal, but um, oftentimes I'm disappointed. Mm. Right. Right. And so I've always been pleasantly surprised though with people I didn't know. That's been kind of a divine connection. And you just peel back layers and you're like, wow. You know what the thing is actually, is I found I get really impacted when there's a lot of references around them, mm. referencing them mm-hmm. as, Correct. Yeah. oh, you got to know this guy's the one that believed me. This guy's the one that put me up. Man, he is the one that gave me that phone call, that encouragement. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like when that happens like six, seven, eight times about that same person, I'm like, wow, I need to know that person. Yes. Yeah. You know, that is really cool. And I think what I like about that too is the fact that it's not obvious like mm. just because they're well known or something like that, you're like, okay, so now I want to know how did you do that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and what is that driving force? Because they're such an overachiever, or they've actually built something so good that you're like, man, now I can can I dig in? You're very interesting to me. Um, I think Beautiful. that's the same with David Goggins. I mean, mm. this guy is a maniac for difficult things. Oh yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. And, you know, but he's the kind of guy that actually lives it, mm-hmm. and it's inspiring. Yeah, I think that is another motivator for me is I do want to live a life that's inspiring. Mm -hmm. I don't want to live a life that is uh, arrogant, Mm -hmm. just telling people what to do but not doing it myself. And so I think there has to be something substantial to when I'm asking people to do something, have I actually had the disciplines to follow? Yeah. I think that's one of the beauties of what David Goggins says. It's not about his like motivational speeches. He's not just a talker. Everything yeah. he does is like, this is how I work and how I have to work. Well, to he only be talks while he's running. So right. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> he only talks. But he's not. He's not saying, "Hey, just be this year, guys." Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. not saying, "Hey." His, like the exact his, opposite. <laughs> he's like, "Get out and do." Yeah, yeah. Just you have to work. And why so, is, why is there this like assault on doing? By I the don't way? know. There's like and an assault on like done? working hard. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know what's going it's unbelievable. On. <laughs> Bring back the doers. <laughs> yes. Let the doers be doers. I okay. wanted to chat about the faith component of that and then the work component. Because there's a last week, the New Year's um, sermon, great sermon, by the way. Um, that was great. That was, was fun. great. I and it, it was a lot that. about like the promises that are going to come. You know, like a common faith thing that I've seen is like you pray for it and then you just wait. Right. And it's not like there has to be work put in, but there's always work, even yes. if you're a faith person or not faith person. There's always has to be work in it. Yep. Where do you see that like difference in um, praying about it and waiting versus always knowing that you have to put the work in? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Look, I think the the waiting is a different mentality. Okay, so when I was talking about on Sunday, as I was literally preaching, so many people focus on the promise mm-hmm. and holding onto the promise, whereas what if? Caleb, he, he held on to the promiser. Mm-hmm. So what's better than holding to one promise is if I hold on to God, the promiser, there's going to be many promises, but I'm going to keep holding on to him. I think it's the same with waiting. Mm-hmm. If my understanding of waiting is just sitting still, well, that's one option of waiting. Or what a waiter does in a restaurant is they wait on you. Mm-hmm. So they lean in. They ask, can I get you some water? Can I get you this? Can mm-hmm. I get you dessert? Can I get you the bill? Like there is an active waiting. And I Good. think that that waiting is that anticipating. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is the mindset of I'm praying, now I'm anticipating it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So what do you do when you're anticipating? You start, you start getting ready. Mm-hmm. You start preparing stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to go... New Year's coming. I'm going to get a new body. I'm mm. going to get. Sh- I'm going to start shaping my garage into a gym. Mm. I'm going to start moving some things around. I'm not just going to wait for the new year and go, well, nobody made this happen mm-hmm, for me. Mm-hmm. God, where are you? No, no, I actively anticipated it. So I think there is a beautiful combination that you, and honestly, when the promise comes in, was, was the promise for God to begin it? Or as you begin it, he comes alongside you and actually starts to open doors. Mm. 
you know, it's I, my uh, my pastor used to always say this. It's very difficult to a uh, steer a still car. Mm-hmm. You know, when the, you're in the vehicle and you're sitting there, it's not moving. You try to move the steering wheel so mm-hmm. hard, but as soon as you get some motion, it can direct. Mm-hmm. That's what God's looking for sometimes is just for us to get moving with something. Mm. And then it's like we direct. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I can, I can actually begin to pivot and move and see the promises fulfilled. Well, what would you say the difference between what you just said there mm-hmm. and the theology or the almost cult-like belief in visualization and manifestation? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Because that's popular with Gen Z. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's so manifestation popular. is really popular. This yeah. word manifestation is not something that you conjure up. That's actually witchcraft. Mm. When you conjure something, you're actually in the area of witchcraft. Manifestation is not the origin, it's the byproduct. Okay. Got it. So manifestation as comes as a result of God doing something, not something I made. Got it. I didn't I can't just manifest something. Now, for me to get a vision is more of a direction. Mm. It's not me visualizing I've got a red Ferrari, boom, there it is. If I enjoyed or if I endured the pain enough to produce that in my mind, mm. the reality of it's there. No, a, a manifestation is a byproduct of healing. So Got it. So, okay, so I pray for a rune, he's got a sore shoulder. I'm going to pray, but the manifestation is the healing. Mm-hmm. That came as a result of me partnering with God, right. not me making it happen. Right. Yeah, and you're saying that if you're treating manifestation as the origin, right? Uh, you know, word could be witchcraft, or basically you're severing your relationship from God because you're giving Him no credit. Correct. You, you're doing it in 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 your power. Right. You're actually create. I, I do say it as witchcraft. Because it's in the conjure. Right. That's what conjuring is. Conjuring sure. is bringing up spirits or bringing things And there is up. a level of power to that, okay. right? I mean, the Bible talks about it. The enemy it. has a level yep. of dominion. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Right. There, is a, there is a demonic force. So somebody could actually be successful in doing that, but it will lead to destruction. 100%. Mm-hmm. Essentially. It's mm-hmm. not sustainable. Well, it leads to an erosion of your soul because it becomes right. self-dependent. This is why I also don't like self-help. There is mm-hmm. no such thing as self-help. How can you help yourself? Mm-hmm. If you're helpless, how do you help yourself? You actually need a savior. You need someone to help you. Mm-hmm. So if you're drowning out in the ocean and, right. and you're like, I'm going to self-help myself. You know what? I'm going to be a better swimmer. Mm. All of a sudden, I'm going to get some more energy. No, that doesn't, there is nothing for you to draw on. Mm-hmm. What you need is someone to come with a buoy and be like, hey, here's some help. Mm. Yeah, the lines are being blurred. I feel like with uh, preachers, pastors, motivational speakers, mm-hmm. I feel like it's starting to become really blurry, mm. right? And I, I could make an argument both ways where I, if I were to make an argument for the pastor turned motivational speaker, it's like, hey, um, here's another net, I guess, mm. uh, you know, another gateway um, for people, another piece of bait for people um, to hear the gospel. But at the same time, I also think it it is kind of blurry when, you know, you, you made a post about it maybe a few months ago about this whole thing about the inner me, right? Yeah. And then people not even talking about the devil no. anymore. Mm. Well, I mean, <laughs> right? I, watched a, I watched a very prominent minister, I will not say the name, um, Yet, but um, there was this very prominent minister <laughs> that everybody would know about if I said their name. And because my buddy who uh, we did CrossFit with, he he actually had his testimony. He, sh- oh, he right, sent right, it right. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, this is a mega, mega church. Yeah. And they interviewed him. And I actually ended up watching the whole sermon. And the whole time, not once did they say Jesus. Did they say the Holy Spirit? Interesting. Did they say even God? Right. It was all about there are three promises that you're going to profess and this and that and that and and think happy thoughts almost. And I'm like, oh my God, there was like a whole sermon and not mm. once did you say the name of Jesus? Did you? Know? And so there was no association to that. It was all in the self-help right. category. Now, this is probably the biggest selling Christian author in history. This has got the biggest church. And so obviously there's a whole you know, group of people that want spiritual self-help or motivation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's not biblical. Yeah. Because it misses the key element which is christ Mm -hmm. it's not by what i've done it's by what he did good so christ set me free it's through christ and christ alone so Mm -hmm. good so that becomes a key component to the motivator of my life because of what christ has done now i get to do so how do you bring that into goal setting how do you bring christ into you know we sometimes it could feel almost uh that we're very similar to the world in in terms of when i post a tweet about my goals and stuff like that i'm not too dissimilar from a lot of my secular friends Mm -hmm. Um, how do you involve Christ into that process? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. I put it into two categories. I put it into permission and power. Mm. So because of what Christ has done, I have permission. 
uh, a get to now. It's not a got to. I'm not trying to earn salvation by my Great. works. Great. I'm not driven. So if I could prove myself, then Jesus will be happy with me or so somehow good. I'll achieve some success in my own measure. No, because of what he's done, I'm free. Mm. So everything I do from here is out of a plus, mm-hmm. you know, so Love I've got permission that. and I have power. Mm. I've got the power of the Holy Spirit. I have an edge because mm. of Christ in my life. I'm convinced I have this unnatural edge of insight with the Holy Spirit. When I look at Daniel, I look at Shadrach, Meshach, I look at Joseph. These, all these guys had this, this supernatural edge to insight, to uh, visions, dreams, interpretation, Beautiful. unmerited favor with dignitaries and kings, mm-hmm. and they just got access to place. And I feel like, okay, as a believer, I've got that edge. I've got the Holy Spirit. I've got God working with me, God illuminating things, God keeping me, all while I know at the same time it's balanced with the world hating me. Mm. Mm. And so I've got to understand I've got an opponent in the enemy. There are going to be people that hate me. They don't even know why they hate me. Right. It's just because I've got the name of Christ. Okay, that's the expectation. But I've also got the inside edge of intel. Imagine if you, had, you, you just have this like secret intel team. Mm-hmm. How much that would help you? Well, that's what we have as believers. Yeah, because the ultimate thing is glory to God, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So that is cool because I was actually literally last night reflecting with Kim on just this journey at Vive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's been a lot of hard work. Yes. Uh, there's been um, a lot of, you know, really good strategies and implementation and all that type of stuff. But at the end of the day, like there is this theme carrying out through the past 12 years of like, God was with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, yes, you know, we, we're happy that God could use us and we could partner with him and all that type of stuff. But at the end of the day, there were some miracles along the way. There was many, mm-hmm. miracles, many miracles along the way that's like, man, God was yeah. in. Yeah. And that's you know? one of our unmeasurable goals. We <laughs> actually have immeasurable goals. Yeah, good. Because one of our <clears throat> immeasurable goals is in 2024, we want a move of God. Wow. Mm-hmm. But how do you measure that? Right. right. It's, it's not like, well, we want to just double in size or we want X amount of, you know, uh, people coming to Christ. Well, we want a move of God that sometimes is immeasurable, but it's not intangible. So, so how good. do I set an expectation wow. of God moved? And we will know it when we see it. Wow, that is really good. How would you uh, disciple Arun how to take that concept into a secular work setting? That's, mm. And that's exactly how what I was going towards mm-hmm. is the fact that you can expect this in your business. Okay. As a believer, as a faith-filled innovator, you can, you can actually have the expectation, I could do one of two things this year in 2024. I could play the game like everybody else. Mm-hmm. I could have good business metrics. Mm-hmm. And I think you need to. That needs to be basic. Yeah, table level, stakes. Table stakes, exactly. But you need to lean into the X factor of God. Good. What advantage do you have Amazing. as a faith-filled innovator over everybody else out there who's running the same race, mm-hmm. who's trying to achieve success and market share and all those kinds of things? You have to go, I'm going to lean into the Holy Spirit. So let me create a pattern of prayer. Let me get dependent daily on God. Brilliant. Let me bring that into my workplace. Like you've done it with Overflow. You know, there is, uh, you don't have, you don't necessarily just have a Christian uh, team staff. You right. have all kinds of people mm-hmm. from different backgrounds, mm-hmm. but you bring God at the center. Oh yeah. You talk about faith For all sure. the time. It's at the core of who you are. And I think that that actually sets a differential. Good. That's what you're looking for. Yeah. You're looking for a differential. What mm. gives you a leverage? in this cutthroat business of building businesses and innovating. So pro- what gives you the leverage? Mm-hmm. I love that. That's the title, by the way, for yeah. this pod, Build with the X Factor of God. Yeah, that's that really, is so cool. I, I would love, love to, that. I would love to continue to dive into that and like how you do it with Overflow and stuff. Like you, like Pastor Adam was saying, like what are some of the keys that let you continue to do that through Overflow? One thing that I think has been so powerful is that we rooted the company Um, in a biblical proverb, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. literally scripture, Mm -hmm. right? And something that I've grown to appreciate more and more. I've always appreciated it, at least for the last decade I have, but more and more now um, having it in the fabric of Mm -hmm. our company, Proverbs 11, 24, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. Like these first principle truths that are there in plain sight Mm -hmm. for us in the Bible are so powerful, are so potent Mm -hmm. that I'm getting new revelations on this passage and all the surrounding passages around it. Like I can go, I I feel like, and this is why I tell people, I feel like overflow is going to be my life's work. Mm. Um, And I don't know uh, organizationally how it looks like and how it morphs in the future, but just generally the concept of generosity, Mm -hmm. um, I can go deep for a really long time. Like I feel like this is a kingdom truth and principle, like a part of heaven that we can bring down to earth 
that that will take me multi generational, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for live through my kids and things like that. And when you get something like that, like you're excited, you're mm-hmm. excited to discover something new. You're excited to layer it with a story and with an experience and so with related scripture. And so I think, you know, um, I, I like that word about get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, it's a constant renewal for me of like, okay, cool. I was rooted in scripture and it's not going to be monotony. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be going through the motions. I'm going to fall in love with it That's again good. and again and again. It's like romance, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. I can choose romance mm-hmm. for my relationship, right? Through the ups and the downs, mm-hmm. through all the different stages and the seasons, through the, the younger skin and the older skin. Like mm-hmm. I can, I can do all of that by a choice, by working at it, by having a framework of romance, right? Yeah. And it's the same thing with what you do in life. It's like, cool, like I've, the foundation is scripture, but it's on me to put in the work of romancing mm-hmm. that Beautiful. and falling in love with that and um, unpacking layers to that, right? Yeah. The, uh, you know, I think, I don't think you can ha- expect a different company if it's the same you. Ooh, I don't think good. you can expect to build in 2024 a better company, but you stay the same. So true. So I think what you so have true. to start with is a deeper uh, design to who you're going to be. Mm. And there, you got to, You know what? You get to architect your life. Yes. You don't, you, if you don't architect your life, yes. you're going to walk through life responding or reacting to every so situation. True. When something pops up, what's going to be reaction? But if I actually architect my life and I design my life in who I'm going to be, we do this through axioms, you do this through all kinds of different uh, mental uh, positions where you say, this is who I'm going to be in every season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to be clear. Those kinds of things that build a framework, like an architect, mm-hmm. framing out your life so that when pressure comes, you've got the stability to handle it. Mm-hmm. You're not living in regret going, man, I could have handled that better. Mm-hmm. I, I probably shouldn't have yelled that person out. You know, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Because you're actually becoming, say, for a CEO, you're going to be a byproduct of reactions to how everybody else is. So mm-hmm. true. Or you're going to break the iceberg by actually being the one at the leader going, I know how we're going to do and everyone's going to follow me. So good. That's really good. I don't know if people, I'm, my, myself, I haven't like really thought of it as architecting my own life. And I think going into a new year like that and really thinking about, you know, when we say like we're setting resolutions or we're setting goals for ourselves, really it should be we're setting a framework of yes. how I'm going to live my life. Yes. Do you have some like tips for people that are trying to like set this up for the first time? Yeah, I think the best way to do that is to actually look back in 2023 and look at those moments you went, oh, I yes. could have probably done that better. Or yes. I could have handled that better. Yes. Maybe it's in marriage. Maybe it's as a parent. Maybe it's as a CEO. You know, where could I have actually been a little bit more risky mm-hmm. maybe or where could mm-hmm. I have been more confident? And I think you've got to assess your persona. Mm-hmm. Personas are dynamic. They're not static. Mm-hmm. You are not stuck in your personality. Very good. You get to engineer or architect even your personality. So even the idea of you look back and go, I was probably a little sad. <laughs> or I was, maybe I was a little bit mad mm-hmm. all the time. Totally. Uh, this year I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be happy. Mm-hmm. And so even now going from what you want to be, then create an axiom. Mm-hmm. So uh, smile when I'm not talking. Mm. Just just try in between talking, smile. Because sometimes it makes you reassess what is my face? Yeah. What is my natural demeanor? Am I naturally a smiley person or am I a frowny person? Mm-hmm. And that change alone will make you more approachable. So good. you might find people coming up and doing deals with you. People wanting to actually collaborate with you mm-hmm. because they're like, Hey, you're approachable, you're friendly, mm-hmm. rather than, hey, I thought you were mad. I didn't want to you know, approach you. Kira and I had to make this decision one time. We were at, uh, when we used to live in San Jose, we would go on, you know, date nights. And sometimes, you know, you, you guys are married. You know what? A date night isn't as romantic. It's mm-hmm. more like you have an argument. Yeah, yeah, and for sure. We were on this one date night in uh, Los Gatos and we were kind of having a little bit of an argument. And I think we just got to that point in the meal. We were just sitting eating. You know, yeah, yeah. we're not even talking. Yeah, yeah, totally. And uh, that Sunday, someone said, Hey, I saw you guys on date I night. Know, I know. Uh, but I didn't say anything because it looked like you guys were a bit intense. And I'm like, Oh, Oh my gosh, you know, and they're always watching. They're always watching. And so I think it actually reminded us, Hey, on our date nights, we're going to model this. We're going to be happy. But even in our own life, like, Hey, I don't want to be unapproachable because Mm -hmm. I'm internally doing something that my face is showing something different. It's so good. So building axioms, you know what I mean? Like just that will, will keep you in that moment Mm -hmm. true to who you design it to be. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, Kim. Kim's word for the year is uh, present, and she's always mm. in the future. She's like a brilliant planner, and so she's trying to be disciplined and being present. 
Um, and I've seen her like these axioms and every time we're like, uh, at, at a place or a store or whatever, she's, she's, uh, has mechanisms now to ask them, Hey, how's your day going? Mm-hmm. And they just simple stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's revolutionary. Yeah. No. That's what it just, it's a forced function to be present, mm-hmm. um, in the moment. And then you realize, well, thanks God. Like you can even just use that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? Cause like people are not doing it apparently. Yeah. Right. And, and I had a similar situation where I was in a flight, um, and I was literally leaving the flight mm-hmm. and, uh, and the, the stewardess was like, buy Pastor Vance. And I was like, oh, <laughs> they're always watching. Like, Why'd you tell me at the end? Like, I felt like I just slapped and my mouth was open. And like, you can't tell me anything. You got to tell me at the beginning. <laughs> exactly. You know, and then, but then you realize, oh man, like, it's not even just about that. It's just like, you know, yeah, being, being present, knowing that I'm a leader. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I want to live an inspiring life. Yeah. I, I want it to be like, oh, if somebody met me up close, they weren't disappointed. Like yeah. I was saying about <laughs> yeah. other people earlier, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I think what you're going to do is you, you frame the person you want to be and then you make a plan. Yeah. You got to have a schematic. Mm-hmm. You got to follow something. So I put in my notes, I put all these uh, philosophical leadership principles. I put axioms in. One I just added recently is be real at all costs mm-hmm. Ooh. because it's going to cost you to be real. Wow. It's going to wow. cost maybe some likes. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost some maybe opportunities. But I, I feel like being real is I can keep that consistent. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to be real at all costs. Yeah. doesn't mean be rude. It means be real. Good. And so there's these things that you add in. Mm-hmm. In each and every season. How I many think. do you have? Like 20, 10? No, I've only got six Seven. at the moment. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Oh, do you refresh them every year? No, I add to it. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. But they're wow. deep, yeah, philosophical yeah, yeah. Like ones. Like character. Mm-hmm. They've got to resonate deep. It's yeah. not like something, oh, this week I'm smile all the time. Oh, that rhymes. You know sure, what I mean? Sure, sure. Like, I think it, um, <laughs> it's got to it's got to literally be something that you've built in your core yeah. that keeps you on track. When you guys do this, do you guys take, like, I've heard, like, LeBron, Zero Dark Thirty. You know, you go to yourself, go to your dark place, and then kind of just... Focus on that inner self. Do you guys take some What's time alone? What's a dark place? Yeah, what is oh, that? sorry. Just like not like a dark like mental state, but like <laughs> oh, okay. a, just like an isolation <laughs> kind of place where it's just you. And like I've seen you guys, you know, prayer retreats kind of thing where it's just you and God maybe. And then you're kind of like inward reflection. Do you guys do that when you or do you guys take, you know, from like you guys are best friends. Do you guys take some like, OK, how do you think I did last year or from your wife or something like that? Yeah, I think. um I definitely every year, I'm a big proponent of a prayer retreat. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to push fans to do it for a long time. Um, but I think it's so challenging mm-hmm. uh, to, I, I love alone time. I, I surfaced this recently at Kim's birthday party. Yeah, yeah, true. Because um, <laughs> they had this game where it's like, you got to write a statement mm-hmm. and nobody can guess it. Like, yeah. And n- who would guess that Adam likes alone right. time? But I do, I like I love mowing the lawn. Mm-hmm. I like no distractions, mm-hmm. you know. But over three or four days, that's difficult mm-hmm. when it's just you. And there's no one to yeah. talk to. Yeah. And so it, it's, it confronts something within you, mm-hmm. your need for conversation or to fill the gaps and just to be present with God. So I'm a big fan of it. Um, the self-assessment thing, I think marriage, if marriage is done right, marriage will be a constant critique mm-hmm. yeah. of yourself. <laughs> if you want to get will, to the truth, yeah. <laughs> ask your wife. I don't think <laughs> Kira and I have ever sat down and said, hey, how did we do this mm-hmm. year? Yeah. Because she offers it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so, and and for me, that's a healthy marriage. Mm-hmm. That's not that's like good. a, oh man, I wish you'd let. No, it's because right. we're bettering each other. That mm-hmm. we're in such close proximity mm. that, uh, and, and you know, I feel like she's able to offer more advice than I am yeah. to her. But you know, I probably need more. And Can I just touch on that? Because you you mentioned <laughs> this, and I'm in my first couple of years of marriage, and I know yeah, you I expected marriage to be like this really fun, you know, partnership yeah. kind of thing. But then when she <laughs> offered all of this critique without me asking, I was like, man, there's a lot. There's yeah. a lot. Like, you still signed up. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's exactly that's exactly what it's like. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, hey, remember when we fell in love? Yeah. Um, I was all these things before. Yeah. You loved me, right? Yeah. Yeah, at some point. Right. <laughs> but I think it, that's the beauty that's the beauty of marriage. Marriage is not about happiness. Mm. Marriage is about partnership. Good. Mm-hmm. Marriage is about self-sacrifice. Marriage is really about what it looks like to partner with somebody. And I think if you're a teammate, you'd want that teammate to help you be the best version of yourself. Oh yeah. I also think that what I've realized is at the end of the day, your wife actually first and foremost is looking for security. And so if those critiques or those challenges are coming more frequently, um, what I've learned is that I actually need to lead stronger, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that doesn't mean that I'm removed. Of, I, 
I've married a Kim. She's she's great. Um, but I do realize that actually she's she's longing to be led yep. as well. And so part of like actually the challenge is more just like questions like, hey, do, what's the plan for mm-hmm. X, Y, Z, this kid, that kid, this, you know, stage of life, you know, things like that. And and that's been a good accountability measure mm-hmm. for me um, to really grow in my leadership. And it's been fun because we're built for that, right? Yeah. Especially as men, mm-hmm. right? We're built to be leaders. And most of the things that your wife, let me give you a hack. Most of the things, because we'll be going on 22 years married yeah, in, I need all the hacks. in a couple of weeks. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you will actually look back consistently over your marriage. The things that she highlights are inconsistencies. Mm. That's They're the things that she's addressing. Good hack. It's, wow. it's not even habits. It's inconsistencies. Wow. Actually, habits are more comforting for your wife mm-hmm. to know that you're predictable yeah. because they find so much security out of predictability, yeah. knowing consistency and all those kinds of things. And so if you can actually look back and go, oh, you were just highlighting some inconsistencies in me, uh, that's why I probably got upset, offended. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Good. Uh, because if it's not, if it doesn't hit a real point, you won't get upset yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, so yeah. true. It just, but it at just, the end of the day, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm being inconsistent there. That is probably yeah. the hardest thing to realize yes. when you're like, the reason I'm upset is because it's real. It's true. That. I think you spend the first 10 years of your marriage defending yourself. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. 100%. And then the next 10, guess what? The next decade is just going, yep, you're right. <laughs> you just agree. Oh, honestly, like that is, that's actually so powerful. Yeah, yeah you're right. Will you forgive me? Yes. A hundred percent. It's done. That's hard. That's hard. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's genuine. It's just like, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. like you're, you're, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes we as husbands maybe have a um, this this mindset that we're more impressive than we are or we're trying 100%. to impress. Yeah. You know, 100%. and we're always trying to impress our wife. So when she sees an insecure like a flaw right. or something, we're like, No, we come back <laughs> with so much ferocity. Yeah. Um, but after a while you're like, Oh man, she is madly in love with me regardless. Mm-hmm. So let me just go, Hey, you know what? You're right. I know this is definitely a little bit different, at least, uh, for leading a staff or mm-hmm. a company, an organization. Um, is there any principles that is carried over, though? Um, and if it's different, how is it different? I think the longer you are a leader, a CEO, the more comfortable you are in your skin. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think a new leader is trying to establish who they are as a leader. Yeah. So I definitely think there are those correlations. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that a brand new company leader, you're hiring staff, you're, you're trying to balance between leader and friend. Yeah. And you're trying to keep the environment friendly mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you're trying to win people. But at the end of the day, that doesn't lend towards being the leader you need to be. Right, right, right. And so I think over time, you actually get more comfortable. You actually get to know you better in a business. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where it's, I think it's kind of the same in marriage. Mm-hmm. Marriage helps you get to know you better because you've got a constant partner. Yeah, mirror. Yeah. Kira and I used to, there's used to be this saying, uh, it's us against the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, you know, us, we always change it to us for the world. Wow. We are going to be better to help the world. We're going to be better. That. So us coming together, mm. we have to better each other so that the world is better because of us wow. being really married. Like and so it wasn't us, us versus them. It was, no, we got to get better for them. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and so that, that was like a mindset that we've always carried. And I think that, you know what's hilarious? Going on to 22 years married, I look at when we got married, I thought we knew each other so well. Mm. Now I look at, we, we, we were complete strangers yeah. <laughs> compared to how much we know each other right. now. So good. So you think about that in your role as a leader. Yeah. You, starting out now, you don't even know who you are. Mm-hmm. You, you think you know who you are, but you don't. Mm-hmm. But you're going to, over the next 20 years, actually start to learn some things about you and traits that you're going to know yourself. Good. T.D. Jakes says it this way. He always says, um, I date myself. Yeah, so mm. good. And it means he just has intentional conversations with who he is. Mm-hmm. What am I becoming? How am I seen? Mm. What am I living? And I don't think that assessment happens. That's probably the best assessment at the beginning of a new year. Mm. Who am I? Mm. And what am I going to be this year? Yeah, that's really good. When you guys are doing this um, as a leader, when you don't have like maybe, you know, your wife there to kind of reflect instantly, do you bring people into that process of leadership so that they can kind of give you that mirror to look at to kind of see how you're doing as a leader? Or is it like, you know, how do you get that kind of feedback properly when you're kind of like trying you to don't have a wife? Yeah, like a wife in business, I guess, <laughs> you know, question. right? Like, how do you get that? Because a wife is the one that's there, like a mirror giving you all that feedback instantly. But in leadership, you kind of leading a lot of people. But do you make sure yeah. you have one or two people that are right next to you? I think that's the that's the best use of a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. A mentor okay, sure. somebody is, above you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got to be someone you're submitted to. Got it. It can't just be a random person because therefore you're like, hey, whoa, 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 mm. man, I thought I thought we were cool, you mm. know. Um, I think it's got to be someone that you've invited into that space. I'm I'm a big proponent for pastoring. Okay. 
So what the world calls mentoring, I call pastoring. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I have a pastor that I call and uh, then there are uh, definitely other people that are in the mentorship category, but they're more on the business strategy kind of things. They're not, they don't have permission to kind of pull apart my life mm. and my fabric. And, mm -hmm. and because that's, a, that's requires you being vulnerable, mm -hmm. yeah. which is always a moment of instability. Yeah. And if it isn't done in love, it could actually damage. Mm -hmm. So true. You know what I mean? So I think that role is a very careful role to, to seek out mm -hmm. um, if it's character building. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the area that I'm talking about is mm. in the character framing. Who are you comes down to your character, your personality, those kinds of things. Mm. Would you agree? Oh, I totally agree. I guess, um, you know, a lot of people that listening to this pod might be in different campuses uh, and they would obviously consider you their pastor, mm -hmm. but maybe don't get to meet with you mm. um, on a regular basis. Uh, how would you instruct them? And maybe you're listening to this and you're part of another church, mm. right? How would you instruct them to seek out their pastor if they don't have their direct relationship with the lead pastor? Yeah, I definitely would. Cause it doesn't have to be the lead pastor. Mm -hmm. It could be a pastor, mm -hmm. right? Like, so it could be a small group leader. Good. It could be, um, you know, a team leader. Like if you're serving on a team, mm -hmm. it could be a number, like a group leader, whatever Brilliant. the leader is. And then, you know, there are uh, other opportunities that you can seek out. Yeah. So something that we've been even establishing with the hype uh, membership yeah. is we've been trying to, create like a group of people that we could do mentorship calls and then there's opportunities for people in that membership to go, hey, can we get a one-on-one -on -one yeah, chat? it's really good. And so I think it's just seeking out the avenues if you're not connected to maybe a pastor per se. Yeah. Um, but you can't just expect, I don't think you can expect a mentor to come into your world. Mm -hmm. It's something you no. have to actively you seek out. Mm -hmm. It's something that you have to give and take. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I can't just call my pastor and expect he's going to pastor me just because I'm a likable person. Mm -hmm. What am I, what value am I giving him? So good. Am I building something he's building? Mm -hmm. Am I investing into his ministry? Yep. Am I doing something that warrants and justifies his time? Yes. Mm -hmm. Otherwise I'm just being selfish and expecting everything for free. Mm -hmm. So good. Good hack. I yeah, love that. That's really good. Um, and before we close the pod, there's one question that I want to answer. And it was actually your question that you started the pod with, your okay. tweet. And it was kind of like, we start the year off. We have all these goals. We have all these motivations. Then over time, you know, kind of, you know, falters off. Mm. What do you think that is? Like, what do you think for you guys? I just want to go into your process that keeps you going all year. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I feel like one thing that is helpful is really setting big audacious goals. Uh, but then, and maybe this is what you're talking about with your monthly challenges, mm -hmm. um, is being able to take those big audacious goals that you have, maybe that's going to take the whole year and being able to break it down into bite-sized chunks, mm -hmm. right? And so thinking about things systematically, you know, if I think about it in terms of my company, we have a, a big audacious goal, like an actual numeric mm -hmm. goal that scares us a little bit. We're definitely going to need God in that process uh, to intervene and partner with him to see that happen. Um, but we can't just like be fixated on just that, right? We need to now work backwards mm -hmm. from there. And mm -hmm. so we think about it in breaking it down for halves. So we say H1, H2, then we, we even break down that half into Q1, Q2, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and then we can break it down even into months. Mm -hmm. And then we take those months and we break it down into teams. And so once you start uh, working backwards, <laughs> you start realizing we got a lot to do yesterday, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Like, you know, and there's this constant, um, flow of activity and momentum. And as long as you have been intentional with making sure that everything's connected to that main goal, mm -hmm. that North star goal that everybody can recite and know, and know like the back of their hand, um, then, then all those micro activities that are happening on a daily basis should collectively help you achieve that goal. So that's how I think about it yeah. is just like break it down like an engineer yeah, into, yeah, definitely. An, into its components. Yeah. That's so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We always say bad goals need good rhythms. Mm. Um, bad being big audacious dreams mm -hmm. need good rhythms. Mm -hmm. So if you have a big audacious dream for the year, what's the rhythm that you're going to start walking mm -hmm. it out? Good. Okay. So you need, they, they can be boiled down to disciplines, commitments, um, those kinds of things. I don't know if having an accountability partner works, mm -hmm. if anybody was hoping that I mm -hmm. say that because I've never really found that to be successful. Mm -hmm. I think you just need to create a deep internal discipline. Mm -hmm. You need to get that motor, mm. that, find that motor. What, what's going to keep you accountable to you mm -hmm. yeah. and driven? Because if you don't have a drive mode, it doesn't matter how big your dreams are, you're actually just going to end up sitting on the couch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But 
everybody who's successful has found their motor. Yes. Mm-hmm. They've found that deep internal motor that they know how to switch that on and be like, I don't care if there's a brick wall. Mm-hmm. I'm pushing through that because I'm going to achieve the dream. But I think it comes, the, the bad goals come from good uh, rhythms. Mm-hmm. How do I get a rhythm in my life where for me, it's accountability and the challenge. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like a, a monthly challenge or setting as Vance said, periodic goals that mm-hmm. I can hit and nail. I love yeah. that. Have you guys had to go through the process of first, I think something um, they talked about in the uh, pod with David Goggins, excuse, the first thing he had to learn, it wasn't about finding success, it was about learning how to fail. And okay. like, had you guys had to go through that process yourselves about how, learning how to fail properly before you guys? I personally have never had to learn how to fail, it mm-hmm. came naturally. <laughs> <laughs> I think more around like handling the failure probably. About, got you, yeah. got you. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think, um, yeah, I think the handling the failure is how long does it take you to get back up? Mm, yeah. That's what that determines how well you handle failure. Mm. Like, do you get when you fail? Not if you fail, but when you fail, are you now stuck, or and is your character you know broken mm-hmm. and your identity dismantled because you failed, mm-hmm. or you're just like, okay, cool, I learned a way not to do it, mm-hmm. or maybe I learned something that I should have done. And I think that anybody who's successful is going to have a long story of failures. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, and, and I feel like you learn a lot more in the failure. I mean, at least totally. to me, perfectly. Like, the failure that I've get, and, and had to, like, work to, that's when I've learned a lot. When I've just been kind of like, a situation has just kind of worked itself out without a lot of effort. Yeah. I haven't learned much what at all. You, yeah, I what didn't did you learn? learn but, but the ones that failed, and I worked through, and then got to the other side, that's what I always think back to those moments. You, you know what um, I feel like sabotages my goals or my rhythms uh, more than even failure mm-hmm. is actually surprise. Mm. ambush mm. right right unexpected situations that i feel like i'm a planner but i didn't plan for mm. yeah right and what i learned about myself in 2023 is how do i handle that because mm-hmm. it's going to come again yeah right i don't know when mm-hmm. that's why it's a surprise that's really good <laughs> um but how do i process surprise so that it doesn't stay a stress because what i realize is that <laughs> the manifestation right of of me not processing surprise it turning into stress for long periods of time is things that I don't want to do. Like I love eating, but like there's an there's a, a level of eating where you're coping, mm. wow. right? Mm-hmm. Like I I I love all these different type of things, but I, I realize these things can get to an area where now I'm doing it to cope, mm. right? Because I'm not actually handling that thing that surprised me, that thing that was unexpected, whether it's like relationally, family wise, business wise, uh, spiritual, whatever it is. And so that's what I learned my, about myself uh, in 2023 that, you know, talking about self-assessment, who I want to mm-hmm. be is like, that's what, man, you know, I think a lot of people get sabotaged with the surprise. Yeah. And life is full of surprises. 100%. Right. Um, you know, that, that diagnosis mm-hmm. that, you know, and you have all these lofty goals mm-hmm. and you, you probably in a vacuum. Yeah. Would be able to do it. Yeah. But guess what? You're not. It's not a linear path. No. <laughs> There's a lot of potholes and yeah. things along the way. You know, not just the failure, but how can you manage the surprise, right? Mm. Yeah, that's so helpful. That's mm. so helpful. I think that's predetermining your response no exactly. matter what the surprise. Mm. That comes from that that engineering, that yeah. framework, architecting your life is more less of and this is probably less about what you're gonna do and more who you're gonna be in the situation. So mm. if we bring that that idea of just be, that's the wrong way to frame it. Mm. Determine who you're gonna be yes. as you do. Yes. Nice. Who, who's yeah. that person you're gonna be Good. while you're doing the things you're gonna do? Yeah. And I think that's where, like, when you're a planner, that's what you can plan, right? Yep. Like, you can plan yes. almost to be planning for the surprises in 100%. a way. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Like, predetermine your response. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, predetermine how I'm going to react, how mm-hmm. I'm going to respond, I'm going to be calm. You know, just have a framework. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's fun to build. I think the instinct could be when you when those surprises ruin your plans, you might be like, oh, I can't plan anymore. I just don't know what's going to happen. But really, <laughs> if you have this framework and architect your life. I love this. This is a great pod. This is a great pod. Hey, if you're listening to this, why don't you make a New Year's resolution, a new rhythm Yes. to, to subscribe to the Hype Pod and um, listen in because we're talking about faith, we're talking about innovation, and we hope to continue to build this community in 2024. Yeah, really and do. share it, please. Share yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. All right, guys. God bless. Cheers.